and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I am so happy to have you here, and I'm so excited to share my conversation with Ellery Ward. So a little bit about Ellery. She is an actor, singer, musician, and songwriter originally from Chicago and studied songwriting at Berklee College of Music before transferring and graduating from the Boston Conservatory with a BFA in musical theater. Aside from theater, she also makes pop music and has released two EPs of original songs. Recently, she released a full-length album of indie folk Sondheim covers that she recorded in her closet and produced herself, which landed her a distribution deal with Ghost Light Records. You can listen to Ellery on all streaming platforms, and I'm so excited for you to hear a little bit more about her and her backstory of being an artist and how she landed on doing these indie folk Sondheim covers. So before I get into today's episode, just to give a little backstory, I grew up in musical theater. I did musical theater my entire life. I studied it in college and Sondheim is one of, if you don't know, Stephen Sondheim is one of the greatest musical theater composers of all time. He, I kind of like to describe him as like the Shakespeare of musical theater because his lyrics and his storytelling is just really in-depth and intricate and involved, and the music is just incredible. So if you've never heard Sondheim, definitely check out Sondheim. Uh, But even better, Ellery does these indie folk songs of Sondheim. So growing up, the kind of music that I listened to was musical theater, was music like Sondheim and, and different things like that. But over the past couple years, as I've felt myself shifting away from musical theater and kind of going through my own process with that, I kind of stopped listening to musical theater songs. And musical theater was one of those things that like I used to listen to and it used to make me feel so connected to the universe. It made me feel so inspired. It made me feel like my soul was like singing outside of my body. But I kind of have lost that connection over the years and now love to listen to things like Beautiful Chorus, uh, which is my favorite. But discovering Ellery and her work like totally brought me back to musical theater in such a special way because I was remembering, you know, the different Sondheim musicals that I've done in the past and her songs just make your soul sing. I don't know how else to describe it, uh, but really just like fell in love with her music and had to have her on the podcast to have a conversation. And I'm so glad we did. So in this conversation, we talk about her creative process, what songwriting looks like for her, and how she's really kind of discovered her identity as an artist and allowing herself to express herself in multiple different ways, being both a musical theater artist, a pop singer, and also now uh, creating a name for herself doing these indie folk Sondheim covers. Uh, We talk about what, what the process was of her landing a distribution deal with Ghostlight Records, which is a huge deal, and how she really leveraged the power of 
TikTok. And uh, we talk about the importance of having an audience for an artist and what it's like to really have an audience that you're able to respond with and from and get feedback from and how that really fuels her creative process. Uh, we also talk about just making space and making magic for creativity to happen. And really, I just find her story so inspiring of of really working hard and putting in the work and putting in the effort and the energy and receiving so much magic in return. So you are definitely going to want to check out Ellery's music after this. Like I said, it's on all streaming platforms, but I think you'll love her music. It's her song. Her voice is just, oh, it gives you the chills. So good. So enjoy getting to know a little bit more about Ellery and definitely check out her music, which I will link all in the show notes. But enjoy this conversation with Ellery Ward. Hello, Ellery. Thanks so much for coming on the Creative Soul podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So the first question that I always start off with is what is currently fueling your creative soul? Mm. Oh my God. So much. I have so much percolating inside me right now. Ooh, I um, love that. <laughs> I, yeah. So I'm going to record a single of my own original music. And so I've literally just been thinking about that the past few days and kind of like curating my references for it, which is most helpful with the the guys that I make my my own music with in terms of just being like really specific of what sounds I want. So yeah, I've been listening to a lot of music to like gather little bits and pieces that I want to Mm -hmm. take as influences. So that's been keeping me going as well as like, beginning to think about a second Sondheim album as well. So I'm like kind of putting that stuff together too. So I have like two very different lanes in my brain going at different speeds with different sounds. Wow. Um, So yeah, there's a lot going on in my brain, which there hasn't been this much of an influx of inspiration and like, you know, ideas for quite a few months. So to have it all just like come at me at once I'm like a little bit overwhelmed mm. but it's all good like fun stuff so I'm I'm like just allowing myself to ride the wave mm, I love that I'm yeah I'm curious like well first of all what kind of music are you listening to for your influence and then how does your process generally work like are you kind of listening gathering and then do you sit down and write or what does that kind of process look like well, I, I write just based off of like my thoughts. So I wrote this song a few months ago and recorded a demo that I don't like. <laughs> I never like any of the demos that I made like upon writing any of my songs. And then like later when I actually record them, I'm like, I give, I give the demos over to my producer and I'm like, I hate this demo. It's all going to change, but here's the song. So I, I either write, just from like a melodic place of what's in my brain or like my thoughts come out as lyrics that are attached to a melody. Um, This one was the latter. So it really just came out as like a melody with words at first. And then I just kind of like built the rest of the structure as I like let it take me. I, I don't know. It's witchcraft. I, I leave I leave songwriting to 
magic. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that because that's totally, I like a hundred percent believe in magic and I feel like creativity is this like magical, mysterious Mm -hmm. thing where sometimes it happens and it's perfect and it just comes out. And sometimes, you know, you have to have a longer process with it and it really just depends. Totally. Right. And like, for me, I'm usually someone where it, if it isn't happening, like right off the bat, then I need to just like, let it, let it go. And it will find me when it's ready. So yeah, I, I know like the basis of what I like want once a song is fully complete. Cause I, I do like finishing my songs as I actually writing them. I'm not someone who's like, I've been working on this song for years, but I, then when it comes to like really recording it to release it, at least for my, my original music, I definitely pull from what I listen to more than anything. So I'm fully, fully, fully obsessed with Caroline Polachek. She is my everything. She is like the weirdest sea witch queen <laughs> singer who makes like the coolest kind of electro pop alt music. <laughs> oh my it's, gosh. It's, it's its own thing. If you haven't ever listened to Caroline Polachek, I just can't recommend well, it enough. <laughs> just you describing her as a sea witch queen. I'm just like, yes, that is absolutely. No, but like she is. That is everything. I, most of my listeners, listeners will know this, but I really identify as a mermaid. I'm like truly a mermaid at heart, at soul. And so that's just perfect. I will definitely have to check her out. (laughs) Yeah. She's fabulous and like so weird and, but like in the best way. And just like, I've never been overcome by an artist before. Like I obviously have my favorites, but I've never been like so enveloped by an artist before in the way that like she has overtaken my own artistic outlet and the way that I think of music the way that I listen to music the way that I now like write music and like even express vocally is mm-hmm. even more like embraced of like what my voice does because of her um so like, she will always be on my reference list oh, <laughs> from, from now on because I'm so obsessed. And also I've been listening to Sarah Kinsley a lot. Mm-hmm. She is so like soft and whirly and pop, but like in a very like, I don't know, ro- romantic movie type of way, like I feel like her music just needs to be at the end of any like good romantic movie (laughs) and like it's it's so good and she's so talented and yeah I've been I've been kind of like they're two very different worlds that I just described Mm -hmm. but yeah I'm I'm really kind of like pulled into those two worlds right now so I'm Mm kind of trying to figure out how I can kind of blend the two with this song that I'm going to be making and what textures from each I am drawn to the most to take from. Mm. It's so cool to hear you talk about that because I think, so a little backstory, I found you a couple months ago, I think, cause I was thinking today how I found you. And I was like, I think Kate Lumpkin shared one of your videos. Right, yeah. Kate Lumpkin was also on this podcast and I found you and was like, 
fully obsessed. Like the way that you're describing how you were obsessed with this other artist, that's how I felt about you. I was like, your voice and the texture of your voice and like just your Sondheim covers were just mind blowing. Like I've never heard anything like it. And I was like, I have to know this person. She has to come on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, just obsessed. And so I, I don't know much about you personally, just like have heard your music. And so will you give us a little bit of like your backstory and like, what is your story? Who are you and what do you do? And yeah, how, did, how did you start doing the Sondheim covers <laughs> and all of that? Well, first of all, thank you. I really, really appreciate it a lot. And I'm so happy that you reached out to me. Second of all, yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Chicago. I've been doing music and theater literally like my whole life. Started piano when I was five and I've just played ever since. And I started doing uh, like theater and, and singing lessons when I was nine. It was just once I did it, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing forever, I guess. <laughs> and that is true. I went to an arts high school for musical theater. And then I went to Berkeley College of Music for a year to study songwriting because I had been songwriting throughout my life. And I had never really like put a, an emphasis on it or like the spotlight on it. And so I really wanted to kind of explore that more. So went to Berkeley then immediately got involved in the musical theater scene there and was like, this is my favorite thing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if this is my favorite thing at a school where I, I'm not studying musical theater, I think I need to change this. <laughs> so I transferred over to the Boston Conservatory where I then I graduated with a BFA in musical theater, but I also emphasized in songwriting. So it was kind of like the perfect ratio for me and then yeah moved to New York and I've been auditioning ever since and my musical theater dream remains I never want to not do musical theater but all the while I've continued to make my own pop music and then I don't know what <laughs> happened <laughs> but I just decided to do this one cover of Every Day a Little Death because that song had been stuck in my head for a while. And when songs get stuck in my head, the best way for me to get them out is either to listen to them uh, obsessively or cover them. And I chose to cover that song because I don't like listening to musical theater. <laughs> and I, I captioned it Sufjan on Sondheim because Sufjan Stevens is one of my like, biggest inspirations musically and it was so moody and it was so acoustic I was like Sufjan Stevens would totally have written this maybe <laughs> in an alternate reality and then like my friends really loved it and one of my friends was like make this a, a series and I was like you don't really need to ask me I'm just gonna do that <laughs> and so literally the next day I was like what other songs would I like to do and I I honestly can't even tell you why I chose Joanna Quartet like the reprise but I did and I, I guess I was inspired that day and I made a whole video of it and I posted it and all my friends loved it and I was like great I guess I'm gonna keep making these videos mm. and sporadically over the course of past two years that's what I've been doing just like posting them to Instagram and YouTube 
until late January, early February, my friend Chloe had kind of like pestered me enough times to start start a TikTok. And I found a whole new audience that I, I didn't even know that I had. People who really responded to my covers. And then as I continued to post them, because at that point I had like a pretty good backlog and every single post had at least two or three comments being like, release this, please. Like put it on Spotify. And I was like, well, fine, sure. Let's do it. (laughs) It was the pandemic. I didn't have anything to do. And so I just went crazy. And over the course of one month, I recorded all 13 songs on my album in my closet. And I kind of don't know how I did that, but it was super fun. I mean, it was just like a creative exercise to the the nines. I mean, it was, it was so fun. And like even arrangements that I had already done, I like revamped and like edited and kind of came up with new things. Other things were old things. And then like a good chunk of the album was like new songs that I created just for the album. So it was just such a, it was such a burst of inspiration making the album. And that like, by the time it was over, I was like, wow, I like, I made 13 arrangements, like all by myself in a closet. That's just like so weird. And then I was just like, okay, I actually like have something pretty cool here. I want something someone to feature this somewhere. So I, I like tagged Playbill and Broadway World in this TikTok that I made and Broadway World actually responded really fast. And they were like, yeah, email us. And so I did. And we had like a little back and forth. And then they were like, yeah, we want to do a Q&A article on you and your album. And so I, I did that. And the Monday that it came out, literally like a few hours after the article was posted, I got an email from the owner of Ghostlight Records, literally being like, hey, love what you're doing. How can I help? And I was like, I don't know, but thank you. But like, let's chat. (laughs) So we like talked on the phone and like, at this point, I was still just like releasing it all independently myself as Mm -hmm. I have always done with all my music. And then it, it came to a point where like, Kurt was like, I, I wish that I could release this, but like, I also don't want to get in the way of you and your release. And I was like, you can get in the way. It's fine. <laughs> um, let's do this. Wow. So then I, I signed a distribution deal with Ghostlight Records and they released my album. And ever since then, it's been just such a wild, wild ride. I've been... I I played my first solo shows last week at Rockwood Music Hall that both sold out. And I proved so much to myself this year and learned so much this year and like have discovered new things about myself and my artistry and like what I'm capable of by way of this whole unexpected project and journey. So it's been crazy. And (laughs) now it's like, I just can't stop doing it <laughs> so oh, yeah <laughs> cool story and I'm for some reason it makes me think of like I guess 
like, was this always your dream to, you know, release, record and release an album or, and like, what was the relationship of like sharing it on social media and sharing it immediately rather than like you creating in your room, you creating for yourself? Like, what was that relationship of like sharing it and, and how did that kind of affect your process? Well, first of all, no, I never, ever in a million years was like, Sondheim album, let's go. This is my dream. Like, no way. Me recording any type of musical theater, anything on in my own spare time is like, what the heck? No, I've only, when it came, when it comes to like making music, I've only ever made my own. And so this was like a totally different thing. And even then I've only ever made pop music. So like, I've never ever identified as a folk or like indie mm. singer ever, like literally ever. And so that, that is touching upon what I was mentioning before about like learning and experiencing new things about myself that even I didn't know. Like I had this whole other like persona artistically within me that I I didn't even know I had because of this, this random thing that like organically just came to be. As for, for the relationship of sharing things on social media while making this thing that, I mean, that was like my driving force. Like I literally owe the album to my like OG TikTok followers. <laughs> like the first like 2,500 followers that I had were like, the ones who like knew what was up <laughs> and like literally motivated me to do it. I wasn't going to make a Sondheim album and release it. I, I was never going to do that. It's people voiced that they wanted it. Mm. Um, that made me yeah. do it. You know, uh, I, I just did. I, like I said, I didn't know that there was an audience for this. Mm. And then they like made themselves known. And it's like, when you have an audience who's like actually like really into the thing that you do, then it makes you want to just like go balls to the wall and do the thing <laughs> full out. And that's what happened. And so like, I, I, I'm really grateful for the, the people on social media and TikTok specifically that like kind of watched the process unfold as I like documented it because they're the ones who like motivated the entire thing. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Just kind of getting that response and that like validation in a way in real time. I think it's just so important for artists to really kind of have that kind of like external response, something to respond to. I think so much of our creativity sometimes and I'm, I'm thinking specifically about human design. And if you don't know human design, it's like this, it's like this system that mixes astrology and the chakras. Oh, and cool. there's a specific type where you like this specific type of person really does best by responding to like external stimuli. And mm. I think that's just true of creativity in general. So mm. it's like having something to respond to. So whether that's an audience and people and their emotional reactions or whatever, or even just the outside world and like being inspired by something you see while you're walking down the street or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just in relation to like sharing your art in real time, I think it's just interesting to think about how that response kind of then fuels the creative process. Right. Cause I mean, we are artists 
and whatever your medium may be, you are creating something so it can be shared. Like even if, even if like only so many people were the receivers of the thing that I have to share, it still feels so gratifying to share it. I just feel lucky that I happen to be sharing my craft with more people than I ever have before. And now I'm just like addicted to the sharing. <laughs> like I'm ad- addicted to the giving of what I have to create because it feels so good to like, be like, Hey, this is a thing that I made and I'm proud of. And it like, I love it. And to share it with someone else who's also like, Oh, I love it too. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's such a cool relationship. Yeah. Um, It's like geeking out. It's like geeking out together, you know? Yeah. And it's so cool to think of it because I think a lot of artists sometimes get like imposter syndrome or anxiety about the sharing part because like Mm -hmm. something that you make, something that you create can feel so vulnerable to share, but it's cool to hear kind of this confirmation of, yeah, the more that you share, the more that you want to share because you're seeing then how people respond and it kind of creates this like domino effect. Yeah. And it's also like, I, I don't necessarily feel imposter syndrome about artistic things because as an artist, I know that it's not about me per se. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not, you know, yes, it came from me, but like, I am the vessel for the thing. Like we are the, we are the like interpreters of something that like flows through us. And I feel like even though these ideas might be mine and I'm the one who's sharing them and it's still not, it's not about, it's not about me. It's about the thing. It's about, it's about the thing. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I, that's been my perspective too, about art, like, and especially as artists, like we are the channels for whatever wants to come through us. And I, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people get lost within that because they do make it about them. And so it's like, you know, whoever's going to receive this, this is going to reflect on me when it's like, how can you separate self in a way so that it's not about you. It's about the thing that was channeled through you. You're just the vessel, like you said. And so I'm curious how you develop that perspective. Cause I think that's such an important key, like aspect of being an artist. And I, yeah, I just find that really inspiring. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I feel like maybe it stems from the place of, I, I've worked very hard to be skilled and that is in my control. That is in my control to be really good at something and work hard to get to that place. So I get that's, that's on me. That's about me, myself, but when it comes to sharing your craft, you aren't having like a personal date with anyone that you're sharing it with. It's more so like I am there because I have this thing to share or this thing to communicate. I'm not here for you to like chat with me and get to know me and like, you know, (laughs) be in my life in that way. And so I think I am someone who like compartmentalizes things very easily. And I'm able to like kind of distance myself from 
things that are outside of myself. And maybe that's where this comes from. It's like, okay, yes, I, I need to be really good at community at communicating this thing that I have to share. Mm. Being the best communicator is something that I can do to be like the best sharer of Mm. this thing. But the thing itself has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like, uh, does that make sense? It's it's basically totally. like the language, the language. I did not come up with the language. I did not write the language. I did not have anything to do with that. But I can be really good at speaking the language as eloquently as I possibly can. And like, I might have a dialect that's a little bit different than somebody else, but like, it's still just the language that I didn't come up with, mm. you know? Hmm. I love that. I, that's such a cool way to think about it and, and way to say it. And I want to go back to what you said about like discovering this new identity or this new persona mm-hmm. of identifying as an indie folk artist. And you hadn't mm-hmm. even considered that for yourself before. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, what has that journey been like kind of uh, like expanding what you can do into different genres and like, what kind of, what does that do with your sense of identity? Yeah, I mean, it's allowed me to embrace all of the facets that I hold within myself, even the ones that I haven't discovered yet, because clearly there are more Mm. to find. (laughs) I'm only 27. So like, you know, I, I had this conversation with Kurt from Ghostlight about, so when I first recorded and put out my Sondheim album, I went by the name of Sufsand, like Sufyan. On song time, Suf song. Ooh. I no longer go by that name, and I'm only releasing things under Ellery Ward now. But when that transition took place, I was like having an identity crisis because I had come up with this very clear artist identity for Ellery Ward and for Suf Sand. Very different aesthetics, very different sounds, <laughs> everything. And Kurt was like, "Well." when you, I mean, you want to be in like Broadway musicals, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, when you record on a cast album, you're going to be going under Ellery Ward, right? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, that's going to be on your Ellery Ward Spotify. (laughs) And that is a different part of you, but it's still you. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And, And then he was like, you are allowed to be the pop star that you are while also giving us indie folk Sondheim covers while also being on cast recordings. Mm. And it's like, that is the most true and basic statement that I literally needed to hear. Mm. I needed to hear that even though it was like so obvious because I do all of those things. And I was like, man, I have been conditioned to think that because something sounds like one thing, it also has to look exactly like that thing. And it also has to, like everything has to be streamlined to make sense of that thing in order to be marketable. Mm. And if you do anything that kind of juxtaposes that streamline, then you are confusing to people and you are not marketable. And I, I thought that 
because I, that's how I was conditioned to believe. And then I realized that that was going on. And I was like, that is lies. <laughs> because guess what? I am a single human and all of these things do happen to live within me. Mm. It doesn't make me, I don't know. It, it, I shouldn't have to funnel all of this stuff through like a filter to make sense of it to people who are like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know yeah. what that is, but I literally needed the reminder of I'm allowed to have multiple sounds and aesthetics and visuals and ideas come out of one thing. Mm. Like I'm allowed to be one vessel for multiple different mm. things. So yeah, it's been wow. a ride. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that like you got that advice from someone in the industry and someone who like whose whose job is probably to make you know make things as marketable as possible because I think that really is like this old paradigm way of thinking that we were ta- like conditioned to believe that yeah you know we do have to we can only have one lane and like, we can't be multi-passionate. We can't do multiple different things. And I think even like, I, cause I definitely feel that way being raised in the musical theater world. It's like, yeah. Okay. You're a singer, actor, dancer, you're an actor, singer, dancer. And like, this is what you do. You have to be this type. And now you can only sing songs that are under this umbrella. And I think now we are seeing this shift in the industry, but also just, I don't know, in our society where it's like, we are embracing all those different sides of ourselves and it's allowed Mm -hmm. to come through. And I think you're so right that like, I don't know where our thinking got so messed up, but it's like, no matter what, all of those expressions come from you. So whether or not that's you doing like folk Sondheim covers or singing on the Broadway album, it's you, (laughs) like you can't be you. So it's just so fascinating that like, I think we're shifting out of that, but I think that people in our age and our generation, I think have to undo that within ourselves, even like embracing Mm -hmm. for me, like embracing being multi-passionate. Cause it's like, well, you know, if I do it, like, can do I have to pick one thing? And it's like, no, I can, I can express myself in all the ways. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like we're human beings, we're inherently complicated Mm. and like complex and layered like uh, isn't isn't art trying to capture like the human condition (laughs) and so if that's the case like it should be complex it should be all over the place because like that's us we are all over the place at least I am I know I am (laughs) (laughs) yes that's amazing so I'm curious too like with releasing your album under Ghostlight what do you think that gave you versus publishing or releasing it and independently? Like, would you, or like, did you have any experience with, with, I don't even know how any of that works, but like for you, how was that signing with or releasing with a late with a record rather than doing it on your own? Oh my God. Worlds, worlds away. I mean, I, I w- I've always been a one man band mm-hmm. of, I'm an artist. I am um, my own marketing manager. <laughs> and like, uh, I, all, all, all the roles were me. And then to have a literal like team of people where it's their job to do 
all of these different things and all of them were doing their job in order to support me so I could just be the artist mm. it's, it's like the most freeing thing in the world like the dream <laughs> yeah it's so it's so freeing to just be the artist and not not have to wear all of the hats that I'm not even like sure how to do some things you know um so that's been the biggest thing is like, I literally have a team of people there to support me in, in different ways. And like, if I have a question, I know who to email, <laughs> you know, and, and everyone is just like, so on board and supportive and awesome. Like I've just never, ever had a, a team of people who support me professionally ever. Like, I just recently had ha like signed with my first agent in my whole life. So like, I, I never had experience of anyone backing me up. Mm. And like, now that I have it, I'm like, I never want to be alone again. It's, it's a really wonderful thing. So it's given me so much. I'm I, interviews, articles, podcasts, the shows, booking shows, radio shows, all sorts of things. I've just, I would not have the reach mm. myself, like little old me, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's, it's done a crazy number on my life. Oh, that's so beautiful to hear and just reminds me of the importance of like having a support team. And so whether that's professional or even personal, like what are the ways, because I'm curious, like kind of what advice would you give to your younger self now that all this stuff has happened? And it's like, I'm sure there's this element of like, just recognizing how important support is. So even if it's not at that professional level, like you know, how can you have those people on your team in order for you to be that artist? So, Cause it is so hard yeah. for us to like do everything on our own. And so, right. yeah, I'm curious, like if there's anything that you would want to tell your younger self, maybe like you after graduating college or doing the New York grind, which I'm sure you've been doing. So <laughs> like, what does it feel like to be here now as you're reflecting? I mean, what I would say to my younger self is like, all of the things that you're doing are not all for naught. Mm. They're, they actually are amounting to something, even though you can't see it, even though you could never see it. And literally just like validating all of the things that I've done over the past few years. Like I've never known where I'm going to end up and I still don't because I've always felt like I was forging my own path, which is much muddier and harder to do. And it's like scary because you never know what's going to be on the other side. Like <laughs> as I'm like whacking through the weeds, trying to like make my <laughs> path, like you don't know what's on the other side of the brush, you know, right. it could um, be nothing. It could be everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's been a whole lot of nothing for the past four and a half years. And it's like, but you had, you had to go through all of the nothing to, to get to where you are now. Mm. And so it's all valid. It all is amounting to something great. And like, nothing is an accident. Nothing is like the things that didn't happen, didn't happen for a reason. And they still aren't, you know, 
yeah everything that I don't get now still I'm like okay someone's looking out for me because there's something else out there for me to like experience if I didn't book that job like during that time what else is going to happen to me that wouldn't have been able to happen to me if I booked it so yeah I would just I would tell myself like you're doing all the right things Mm -hmm. and I think I always knew that but to get the validation of like you're not just screaming into the void. There actually is someone echoing back to you on the other side. Like it's a nice feeling. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. And I'm, I'm glad you have that perspective. Cause I think it's really important to like, keep that in mind that everything you're like, it all connects, you know? And I think there's this like mm-hmm. Steve jobs quote that says like, you can only connect, connect the dots looking backwards. And so yeah. that's just our life. Like we can't see where it's going to lead, but then once exactly. you you know, you look back, back and you're like, oh, even that thing that I did that I thought was totally insignificant actually led me to where I am today. Yeah. Hindsight 2020, you know? Totally. (laughs) Yeah. It's I, so one of the things I love talking about on this podcast is spirituality and just like the intersection of creativity and spirituality. And so I'm curious if you have any thoughts about like how those two intersect or like how spirituality shows up in your life, if at all, and if there's any kind of connection to how that like relates to your artistry. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a spiritual person in terms of like, I just know that like every action has an equal and opposite reaction, you know, and sometimes that equal and opposite reaction doesn't happen for a long time. Mm. But it's like, I, I just believe in that energetic exchange. So if, if it's not happening for a long time, but you continue to put the energy into it over years and years and years, the return is going to be just as great as as the years and years that you've put into what you're working towards. That's my full belief. Like it's maybe a a more spiritual version of good things come to those who wait, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but not only wait, put in the effort and like put in the energy because it's going to come back to you somehow. I I kind of think of life as like a series of different boomerangs in, in that way. Like I throw this little boomerang, like I give a little bit and then it comes back to me pretty quickly and like, cool. But like, sometimes you throw the most, like the heaviest boomerang ever. It takes all the strength and might to like get it in the air. Then you might not see that thing for a long time, but like, it's going to come back. Like it's literally going to come back. And with that, I just feel like there really is this kind of like divine path that we all have. Like I believe in destiny, but in a way where like we kind of created ourselves, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's a relationship to me. Our destiny is a relationship between what the universe has in store for us and what we create for ourselves. It's, I just don't, I don't believe that things just happen to us. I think we have a lot to do with what happens to us. And so it's like, all right, I'm, I'm making the choices of like how I forge ahead in my path, but I also kind of am trusting that the path knows what's up, <laughs> you know? And so my, my belief system has allowed me to just like continue practicing surrendering myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
all right, I'm going to prepare myself as best as possible, become as skilled as possible, as ready as possible for anything that comes my way. But I'm also going to stand on the precipice with my arms wide open, ready for it when it comes. Yes. Just the imagery that you just explained, even with the boomerang, I think it's such a beautiful illustration of even what is happening in your life now and what you're seeing come to fruition of like consistently showing up, consistently Mm -hmm. preparing yourself and then, you know, trusting that that energy will come back to you in in whichever way it's meant to. So it's like that element of you can't control how it comes back, but it will. And like trusting that that's what was meant to be. This makes me think of like what your daily creative practice looks like. And if you have a daily creative practice or Mm -hmm. like, yeah, what are those kind of habits that you had to cultivate for yourself in order to be prepared, in order to be ready for whatever comes your way? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I am incredibly type A. (laughs) So like I'm someone who gets incredibly anxious if I don't have everything like accomplished and done like by day one, even if everything doesn't need to be like prepared for two weeks. I like... I'm insane. So I don't know if I have necessarily a a daily creative practice because I feel like along the lines of magic, I just, I think maybe daily practice is like allowing there to be space for whatever magic wants to find me that day. Maybe that's the best way to describe it because I don't ever force anything. Like it's definitely great to like force yourself when doing certain exercises that are good for you. But I kind of only do that like in spurts when I feel like I need the motivation. But like, if I'm in a pretty steady, like creative flow day to day, I just kind of like let it flow. And like, I absolutely give myself the space if I feel inspired. So I think maybe what it is daily is just like, permission and allowance for whatever comes to come, however it wants to show up. Mm. But that's not something I, I guess I, I necessarily think about because at this point it's like so subconsciously. Just totally. just, um, yeah. 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 But I also am just like, yeah, like I cannot be at ease when it comes to being prepared for things. I cannot be at ease un- until I, I like, know what I'm doing and feel really confident about it. So that's helpful. Like I just do, I I want to do myself a favor by being as prepared as possible, going to end, going into any type of like creative endeavor, whether it be an audition or a performance or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that the technical aspects of what I'm doing I don't need to think about so that the creative aspects can really flow. Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just, what's sticking with me is like making space for magic and making room for magic. I think that's just, it just like lights me up and that is just such a beautiful way to look at it. Cause I think that is how kind of creativity drops in then just allow it, like giving yourself that permission to make that space and just show up for it. Cause I mean, it, it, it takes up space. So like, if there is no space for it, it's Mm. not going to come to you. You have to like really, really like curate a a sanctuary within yourself for it to, to come to you. Like 
set yourself up for success. You know, <laughs> like if, if you want people to come over to your house all the time, like you want to have a nice house, like you want to <laughs> have, you want everything to like look nice and like be comfortable and warm and cozy. And then people are probably going to drop by. Um, cause they want to <laughs> be there. So like set up your house. So you're ready for guests at any time. I love that. I love that. That's so perfect. Creativity is like our house guest that we just have to kind of clean up a little bit for and, and yeah, invite her in. Have you noticed that I only speak in visual metaphors? <laughs> I, know, I was like, I, I love talking to you. This is awesome. <laughs> it's literally the only way my brain can compute. <laughs> ideas. I love that. <laughs> I know. So another thing that I, I love sharing on this podcast is creative resources. And so you already mentioned a couple artists that we're definitely going to listen to, but are there anything else or anything that along your journey that have inspired you or that like really stuck with you, whether that's like books or content or just any kind of, yeah, content that inspires you? Oh my God. It's like always, I feel, <laughs> I feel like literally just go on TikTok for 20 whole minutes and you will find the coolest people making the coolest stuff, inspiring you in ways you didn't think that you could in like a 15 second video on your phone. Mm. Like, I feel like I'm like kind of obsessed with TikTok in the way that like, it's the only social media platform where I've found a community of people that I didn't have before. Like I literally have friends and connections through that app that actually creatively inspire me that no other digital space has ever given to me. Wow. And so as dumb as it sounds, I'm like, I was like the most anti-TikTok person in the whole world before I, before my friend like pestered me a million times to join that I, I understand how like silly it seems, but it, it really is impactful. and. It's, it's a true platform for mm -hmm. artists to share their work and like making art that is accessible to anyone at any time on your phone. Like that is a beautiful thing to me. Mm. And I'm just like constantly inspired by, by people every day because of it. And it makes me think, and it makes me I mean, like something as simple as like seeing this one video that was like, here's a really like good, like journal structure, like to, you know, set up for yourself. And I'm like a terrible journaler. So like, I'm all for that stuff. Any type of structure that I can like give myself prompts. And mm. like now I journal that way because of a TikTok I saw, you know, like wow. it, it's so, it seems so basic but that's also kind of like what's so beautiful about it. It's, mm. it's, it's simplicity of 15 second video can literally make your day sometimes. Mm. So yeah, as dumb as it sounds, it's actually pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Cause I was, I don't really go on TikTok. Like that's not a social media platform that I use, but the other day I was on it and I was like listening to people sing on TikTok and I was just like, this is such a cool, creative, like, like people, like someone in their room in freaking Ohio or wherever can like 
make these videos and then like this one girl went viral and now she has like a record deal so kind of like almost similar to your story and it's just like it's so cool that sharing art like you said now is so accessible and I I know for myself I'm like why do I have this resistance to it or like oh I get it don't worry (laughs) and I and I just I need to look at that within myself like what is that or like why why is that there but but it's also it's it is another thing to learn Mm. so there is that like that's annoying I mean that's why I didn't want to do it I didn't want to I did not want to learn how to use a new app Mm. that's annoying yeah. How did you, how did you learn to like put it all together? Yeah. I mean, I, I just had no idea. I mean, it's, it's kind of like when you only ever use iPhone and then someone hands you their Android and you're like, what mm. is this? <laughs> like, I don't know anything, <laughs> but then like you use it for like 10 minutes and you're like, oh yeah, I know. It's, it's uh. <laughs> you know, it kind of felt like that where I opened up the app and I was like, I am lost. <laughs> But then like you make a few videos and then you just start to get it and you know what to do. And it's really not that hard, but I'm also someone who thinks everything is so much more difficult than it ends up being. So I also had that going yeah, on. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that though. Cause it's like, it's it, any unknown task or thing that you, any unknown space that you enter, it's like, it's going to feel daunting at first, but yeah. then it's like the more familiar it gets, the we more. We are so good at adapting. Yeah. Hello. It's 2021. We're really good at adapting to things. Like we got to give ourselves some credit. Like girl, you can do TikTok. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, I guess the question is, I'm like, do I want to do TikTok? Like, I don't know. That's just a, an interesting thought, but I thought I did not. And now I'm like obsessed. (laughs) Okay. You're inspiring me. Like maybe just for fun. Why not? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, that's why I started mine. I wasn't like, I'm going to create this whole thing. And like, no, I was like, all right, this is just, this is another like platform for me to share Mm. myself. And like, this is, it just brings me joy to like make few covers and like post them I never wanted to do it and I still don't really do anything other than for myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then I just like share that with other people yeah I I think starting anything just for your own personal enjoyment is like the best way to be totally because it comes from you it's not coming from like you needing to prove yourself or you needing to receive acceptance it's like no this is just something I made for me. And now I am joyful about this. So I want to share that joy with others, which is like, I think how that, yeah, just kind of how that like catalyzes and creates something bigger than you could have ever even imagined. Yeah. I mean, inside out will always be the way Mm. never the outside. in. Wow. Yes. Inside out. I love that. Uh, well, I'm just so excited for you. I feel like this is just the big, I mean, I, I know you've been doing this for a long time, but it feels like you this is just the beginning for yeah. you. So yeah <laughs> I'm just really excited to like see what will happen and just your music is like hits you in the freaking soul where it's just like, oh my god oh my body just in love so Thank I'm just really excited you. for everything that you'll do next and Thank where you. can people find you and keep up with you they can find me anywhere and I'm the same 
everywhere. <laughs> it's Ward. at, yeah, it's at Ellery Ward, E-L-E-R-I-W-A-R-D. And yeah, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all the places. And on any streaming platform, search Ellery Ward and you will find all of the music that I make. <laughs> so cool. Amazing. And honestly, having it just all under your name makes it easy to find you. So exactly. There's a perk right there. Well, thank you so much, Ellery. This was amazing. And we'll talk soon. Yes. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leia Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.